Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Not Minding My Own Business. Uh, I'm Russell Farbiars, uh, and I am thrilled to have uh, with me today um, this, this week's featured guest, Heather Uzinski. Uh, Heather is a business psychologist um, based in the Berks County area. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Russell. It's a pleasure. So if you want to tell our, our listeners a little bit about you and, and your business. Sure. Um, I... I call myself a business psychologist because uh, for 25 years I was a counseling psychologist. So psychology is certainly a big part of my training, but unlike many other uh, clinical psychologists, I was always very interested in business. And one comment that I always got when I was doing counseling is, oh my gosh, Heather, you're the first person that actually gave me some practical advice. So that started me thinking about coaching. And that's sort of how I transitioned into coaching and uh, now working with businesses. Wonderful. Now, I'll tell our li- our listeners, Heather was probably the first business coach I ever engaged. You know, it was, I want to say seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, and I, I was telling Heather before we got on that there are things that she has, she said to me seven, eight years ago that I still, I still I still think about and I still use. So I I think it was a good transition for you. Um, But thank you. What, um, what got you started um, in your, in your business um, in the coaching aspect? Um, Well, honestly, for a while I did both counseling and coaching because it, it took a while to make that transition because you know, a lot of business people don't want to hear about a lot of fluffy psychological stuff. So, you know, I kind of had to get used to the business world, the business terminology, all that sort of thing, and to build my credibility in in that sector. And now what you do is not just psychology. You know, it, this is not like you don't have business leaders lying on the couch as you, oh, you no, know, as, no, the, no. as the caricature goes. No, uh, no, 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 no. So what, what it, you know what? I, I don't do, co- I don't do counseling anymore. Right. So the difference between coaching and counseling in case that was your next question, it was, <laughs> is that um, there is an overlap, but with coaching, there is always a connection to professional development. Okay. And, are there areas that you specialize in? Uh, yes, I, I have done work in uh, conflict resolution in the past, you know, when a company has a conflict between uh, employees or between an employee and a supervisor uh, and, you know, HR uh, either doesn't want to get involved or hasn't been able to be real effective. Um, that's where with my, um, very fine-tuned interpersonal skills I can help in those situations and have. Um, I specialize really in helping um, executives to increase their emotional intelligence. And uh, shall I talk about what emotional intelligence is? (laughs) Heather, you're taking the questions right out of my mouth. (laughs) I, I, I definitely, definitely, if you could talk a little bit about emotional intelligence, what it is, and how it can help executives to really understand that. Yeah, um, in the past, executive uh, emotional intelligence was really 
what was considered soft skills. And I don't like that terminology because I really prefer to think about that skill set as power skills. Um, if you read anything about leadership these days, um, what is talked about a lot is how self-awareness and empathy are so critical to leadership. Um, and those are two components of emotional intelligence. Um, first is self-awareness. Then there's uh, self-management or self-control, um, social awareness, and relationship management. So those are the four main components of emotional intelligence. Okay. And I know that you work with clients in the, when they're hiring. So if you could talk a little bit about what your process is and how, how, you, how you help in hiring decisions. Sure. So when I first got into my business, um, I was looking for an assessment to use. And so I found this assessment. It's called the Simmons Emotional Intelligence Profile. And I know you're familiar with that. And um, what I liked about it is it really gave me a lot of information about people. I use it in coaching as sort of a baseline that tells me, okay, where, where is this person now and where do they want to be? In hiring, um, I, I'm not uh, a recruiter in any sense, but what I do is when an organization is looking to hire somebody specifically for a key position, um, what I do is ask them to come up with their top two or three candidates, and then I administer the Simmons Emotional Intelligence Profile, and then I review the results with um, the person who's doing the hiring. and. I make recommendations based on those results. Um, sometimes it's go back and have another interview and focus on these key points, these key areas. Sometimes it's, uh, do you have any other candidates? Because these are not so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Heather, I think one of your skills has always been the ability to very, very bluntly put it the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a skill and it also gets me in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure your husband loves it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's tough being married to a psychologist, trust me. Well, I'm married to a lawyer, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> Different challenges. Yes. So what have been some of your biggest successes and biggest failures um, in your business? Oh, gosh. Well, in terms of successes, um, last year I finished up work with someone who – um, was promoted into management uh, really after I started working with her. And she really was a high potential person, but the problem was she was a little too abrasive, abrupt. Her emails were, uh, you know, a little sketchy. And so I worked with her and, and then she was promoted. And then I was permitted to work with her during her transition, which was great. And wow, I mean, not only was she, you know, completely all in with coaching, um, she also began to take the things that she learned in coaching and sort of distribute that knowledge throughout her department and with her direct reports. And there's nothing that makes me happier than that. Um, it was really a, a wonderful success story. And I, actually, I should check in to her, with her and see if she was promoted <laughs> again, because it wouldn't surprise me if she were. Um, very, very high potential 
person. Mm -hmm. And now that she has become more emotionally intelligent and has really, you know, grasped the concepts and put them into into action, um, she's just terrific. So how do you, you know, from a, from a logistical perspective, you know, you've, you do the coaching, is it all in person or do you do it over zoom now? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, thank goodness for zoom and the other <laughs> platforms because I wouldn't have been working for two years. Yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful and, and trust me, I learned how to do it. I learned how to be proficient. Um, I actually went to uh, a mutual colleague of ours, uh, Elise Mitten, to help teach me how to be uh, proficient in Zoom, which was really, really helpful. Um, so, so that was that was good. Now, uh, at the current time, I do some of both. To be mm -hmm. honest, I, I'm grateful for Zoom, but to me, I would much rather meet with people in person. You know, because you just miss you miss something um, when you're not in person. It's, it's, it's not, it's not exactly the same. I, I'll, I'll, it's, I'll it's second best. Yeah. Um, but it does open the wind, the door to, to working with people who aren't necessarily in your backyard, which can, which can be nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm certainly thankful for it. It's, it's so funny how we kind of ignored that whole, <laughs> you know, area of working and now it's so commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the some of the issues that you use the use were working with your coachees on you know as we were in the pandemic um and you know workplaces changed yeah one of the things i worked with people on was remote leadership which you know is a little bit more complicated than uh when people are right there with you in the office so that was that was certainly one issue um Hmm, I'm trying to think what else, you know, aspects of um, emotional intelligence, um, executive presence, um, conflict resolution, all those kinds of things are common, common issues that people need help with because have they gotten any training, you know, on these things? Probably not. <laughs> so there's a lot of room for growth in those areas. Yeah, I mean, I definitely you know, the workplace has, has gone through a, a dramatic transition over the last two years. Do you think that transition is better for people or worse? Well, in, in some ways, I think it's better because um, having had a mental health background, um, very concerned about, you know, people's um, emotional health during the pandemic. Honestly, I had a tough time with it. Being, you know, somewhat extroverted, it was I don't like sitting in front of my computer all day. It's brutal for me. And so I had to work very hard to keep my emotions where I wanted them, you know, to stay positive and optimistic. Um, and so I think that a lot of leaders became more aware of their employees' uh, emotional health. And I think that's a very good thing. Um, one thing that I would always recommend to people you know, during that time when we were in lockdown was to just ask people how they're doing. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that you're absolutely right. I remember there came to a point when I realized with my employees that it was, 
we needed to start having, you know, regular meetings, you know, really not so much, not just for business purposes, but really just as a, how are you doing, you know, what, what's working, you know, you know, and we started doing that weekly for a while, just when we were all in, in lockdown, we, we now do it monthly, but you know, one of the questions, you know, one of the things I try to get from my, from employ my employees is, you know, what, what's going well for you, what's not going well, you know, a personal win, a business win, you know, just trying to be, I don't even know how to, to, how to connect really is what you're saying, because yeah. you know what, Russell, I mean, one thing that I think people um, give short shrift to is how important the social aspect of work is. Right. As, as someone who's worked at home for the past like 10, 11 years, I can tell you that I have to take extra effort to connect with people via networking, via going out to lunch or coffee or whatever, just so that I can get those needs met because they are taken very much for granted. You don't realize it, you know, till till you're not doing it anymore because absolutely because I I've been working at home um, now since March of 2020 and I still oh you're still not back. Um, our office is back. I I have chosen to remain remote for most of the week. I'm I'm you know I go to the office maybe one day a week. Oh, okay, interesting. So it, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely different, but but I know I know when I when I when I go to the office, it it sometimes is a little bit more social, um, you know, chatting with um, um, with the people yeah. who who work there. Are you there. doing what's what are the updates? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then part of the our our meetings, I have I have employees uh, who are remote or one hundred percent remote. So I, we don't see them in person. So then it's good to sort of connect with them, with them as well. It's just the the last two years has sort of open opened up a lot of different employment opportunities. I I, I would say um, it's interesting because from what I'm hearing, when people apply for a, a job these days, mm-hmm. if it can possibly happen, they're looking for at least a hybrid. Yep. Situation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've see, what I've seen. What I've when I've posted positions lately, I I have post. I sometimes I'll post if I need something in person. I'll post it as an in person, but then I'll also post it as remote. And I can tell you that the number of applications I get for remote far exceed what I get for in person because I think that a lot of employees have learned about flexibility uh, through the pandemic because they then- they had. Yep. had to work from home and mm-hmm. they don't want to give it up and Absolutely. and i don't you know, blame them because yeah. i appreciate working from home too it's great right I, I i i'm i'm right there with you and you know all of my in-person employees have the opportunity to work from home when they need to um because uh, you know there was there's no reason not to let them do it if it they, can be worked out sure yeah there's no there's no re- there's no reason but i have you worked with a lot of employers who are transitioning to to using remote remote workers or hybrid in, environments and do you have any tips on how to structure that well i i think yeah i mean i've i was actually working with companies that already had remote employees just because of the distance you know right. the different locations and so forth and i think that 
you know, again, it's really important to remember your remote employees. Like for instance, let's say you're a corporation and you're giving out swag, company swag to your employees. Well, don't forget your remote employees. Don't forget to give them and their family members some of that swag too. Um, You know, the water cooler talk is a real thing and is something that is missed by people who are remote and you can't assume that your direct reports or that your colleagues know something that you found out just through the grapevine or whatever and they have no clue about it. So you have to keep them in the loop and work hard to do that. Yeah, it involves more more intentional communication. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So Heather, what are some things about what you do that people should be aware of that they aren't otherwise aware of? Well, one thing, Russell, is that I used to just take on uh, sort of long-term coaching assignments, which, you know, to change behavior, it doesn't happen immediately. Um, so my cat may be in the picture here. <laughs> She's uh, moving around here. So oh, there's a tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the one of the benefits of Zoom, I guess. Yeah. But anyhow, um, so I used to do you know maybe three months, six months, a year, uh, long term projects. But now I'm offering really short term coaching that may be like one or two sessions, and the kinds of things that uh, people take advantage of that for are things like preparing for a conversation with one's boss, um, you know, kind of beefing up your emotional intelligence a little bit, dealing with a conflict with a colleague or even a supervisor, um, presentation skills, those kinds of things that, you know, I can help with in really, you know, one or two sessions. Um, so that's something new for me. I really hadn't hadn't done that before, and people seem to like it. I could see that being very helpful, you know, yeah. for those sort of one-off things that, that that people need to prepare for. And I also do um, a weekly. It's called a management minute that I post on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And whenever I post one about conflict resolution, <laughs> people seem to view it. Um, and I think the reason for that is, and you know this as being uh-huh. being a leader, that that is such a huge part of management that gets totally ignored in terms of any preparation. Um, actually, 18% of a manager's time is spent in dealing with interpersonal conflicts, which amounts to about one day a week, which That's is a good. huge amount of time. And People, you know, most people don't like conflict. I don't particularly like it, but I've learned that there are ways of handling it that can actually produce a pretty good outcome and that it's not really as scary as people make it. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's something that I definitely um, can help people with. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And sometimes it, it, I think the intentionality also goes a long way. And, and, you know, thinking through how you're going to talk with someone. Um, Absolutely. You should always you know. plan for those conversations and think about them, how you want to say what what you're going to say. Um, you know, not to memorize anything, of course, but just right. to really be thoughtful 
And another thing to just get in the right space before you have those conversations that what your intent is, is to help that person. And even right. if you're helping them by terminating them from a job that they don't like and they don't fit in with, you can certainly do it in a humane, caring way. Right. And I think what, and maybe this is us, it might be an unpopular opinion to, to some other people, but I think that sometimes when you terminate someone from a position, you're doing them a favor. Well, absolutely. Because do you really think if they're not doing a good job that they're happy? I highly doubt it. Yeah. Most people know that that, that, it, that it's not a fit, but they don't, it's hard to, to make the, to make the decision uh, to move on. And, you know, a lot of times when you let someone go, you know, they have this huge sigh of relief afterwards because now they don't have that stress eating at them. Absolutely. And especially if you do it in a caring, humane way. Um, and, and you know that when you're a boss and also a nice person, it's very hard to terminate people mm -hmm. because you know that their life is being affected and even people in their family are being affected. So if you have any empathy at all, it's a very difficult thing to do. And most managers wait too long to do it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard them. I've heard the phrase hire fast, fire faster. <laughs> well, I would say hire slow and fire fast. I've also heard that one. Yeah. yeah uh, because, well, the, you, know, the you, you need to make sure the person's a good fit. Yeah. The conventional wisdom was hire slow fire fast but in this job market it's become <laughs> higher fast fire faster because... yeah that's true because if you don't then the person's going to be gone right that makes it... sense russell <laughs> yeah so heather let's 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 talk a little bit a little bit about you are you originally from the berks county area i am i am i was uh i grew up in exeter township and i actually grew up on 40 acres of land Oh, wow. Uh, and it was kind of a farm. It wasn't a real farm, but we did have some animals. And this is, I think, an interesting part of my childhood is that my father um, wanted to have a, a pond or a lake on our property. And he consulted engineers, and I guess he didn't like what they had to say. So um, he actually um, built this pond which um, we called it a large pond or a small lake. It was pretty big. And um, so after that was built, and the strange thing about it is it had trees in it because my dad didn't take the trees out. So oh. the trees were actually in the, in the lake. But it was wonderful because we, I learned to ice skate very, very young. And we had like a hill, then the lake, and another small hill. So we could sled and toboggan across that. And like all the neighborhood kids would come over, the boys would play hockey, all, all that kind of stuff. So it was really fun. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's, a, that's, that's a wonderful memory. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. And so the other, other things about you, what do you, what do you spend your time on when you're not working? I love amateur photography. Um, particularly, I'm a nut for flowers. Uh, 
I, you may see the, you know, some remnants of orchids in my sunroom here, which is where I have my office. I love to take pictures of orchids and um, I love to garden. I'm not much on vegetables, but flowers for me are just a wonderful way to just um, get in touch with nature and, and get out in the sunshine and the dirt and all that. Um, so those are two things that I really enjoy, plus reading. I like to read for professional reasons, but also I enjoy fiction quite a bit. What's the best professional book you've read lately? Uh, well, it's a series of books, actually. Um, Patrick Lencioni is an author that I love. Um, he's written many books, um, and I would recommend really any of them. Okay. So, and also in terms of podcasts, he has an excellent podcast, which is called The Table Group. I think you'd okay. love it. Um, it covers many, many topics. And um, what I like about Lencioni is just like Brene Brown, which is another author that I enjoy, um, he is a fan of um, leaders allowing themselves to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, which is tough to do sometimes because it's not comfortable, but it builds trust and it's really important. It, it, it absolutely is. Uh, I completely, I completely agree. I'll have to check out that podcast because I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a, for a good business podcast. Oh yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, his are great. I think, mm-hmm. please let me know if you do listen and if you enjoy them, because I think they're fantastic. Well, yeah, I will, I will definitely, I will definitely check that out. Now I know Heather that you that you you contribute back to our community on a regular basis. What what is what is the the organization or organizations that you work the most with these days? Well, um, right now uh, I'm involved with a group called Burke's Women in Motion, and it's a networking okay. group. But we also do uh, things for the community, and I've been going to Opportunity House on a regular basis and helping to prepare uh, and prepare lunch and um, give lunch to the uh, people who live there. And it's a very humbling and um, good experience. So that, that I really enjoy. Wonderful, wonderful. And are you, st- are you still active with the Northeast Berks Chamber? Of commerce? Actually, no. I got involved with another chamber, which oh. is the Northern uh, Lancaster Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And, and I love it. It's a very, very active chamber. In fact, after we're finished here, I'll be going to a luncheon in Ephrata. Uh, so, you know, I, I enjoyed the Northeast Chamber. I, I met wonderful people there and I got a lot out of it. But I kind of feel like it's time to, you know, try another area and so yeah. that's why i got involved with the, the northern lancaster chamber so northern lancaster so that's the f is that the Ephrata area adamstown uh oh, okay. you know it does go into Lidditz and you know some yeah. some of the areas closer to uh lancaster proper but um yeah it's great organization i highly recommend it well wonderful well Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I, I really appreciate uh, you sharing your, your wisdom uh, with our listeners. And to our listeners, thank you again uh, for tuning in uh, to Not Minding My Own Business. Thank you, Russell. It's been my pleasure. <laughs>